1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, To whom coming as unto living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious. Ye also as lively stones, somebody say lively stones, are built upon a spiritual house. Somebody say spiritual house. And holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which disobedient but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation. Somebody say chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. There's a whole lot of stuff going on here in this text. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I sense your presence. Mm. I know you want to do mighty things and miraculous things in every individual life that is here today. Father, we're praying and asking, petitioning you even now that the Holy Ghost, Lord God, will do the work that you want to do, Lord God. Lord, let flesh, let carnality not have any place in what we have here right now, in the preaching of the Word of God. But let the Spirit of the Lord have preeminence, and let the Word of God take root into our heart and into our spirit, Lord God. Today I pray, Lord Jesus, that this day will not be like any other day. That Today will mark a change in our lifestyle, a change in our heart, a change in our mind, and that we will not leave the same way we came in. But God, do whatsoever you will. I pray that the Holy Ghost, Lord God, will sweep over us and do a miraculous work among us. God, stir up the gift that's inside of every one of us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that there will be a proper response to your presence, to your glory 
glory and to your greatness. Lord, I give you all of the honor and the praise today. There is none like you, Jesus, for you are the author and finisher of our faith. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Lord, we want you to have your way today. Oh God, break every invisible chain. Oh God, loose every stronghold. Oh God, tear down the mountains. Oh God, renew our minds. Oh God, restore us. Oh God, deliver us. Oh God, move on us that we will make a commitment and hold to our commitment. Jesus, I give you the praise. I give you the honor and the glory. Is somebody in the house of the Lord? Will somebody clap their hands unto the Lord Jesus? Will somebody lift their voice and praise his name? Will somebody give God the honor and the praise? For he is worthy. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy. Oh, clap your hands, all your people of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you on this topic. Rejected of men, but chosen of God. Rejected of men, but chosen of God. You may be seated. You hear me say oftentimes that the traditional church that you're used to, this church, Christ-centered church, may not show you a lot of that because I don't believe that God established us here to be the traditional church that you've been accustomed to over the years. And so God dropped this word in my spirit earlier this week. And of course, I'm saying, Lord, it's Father's Day. Are you going to give me a Father's Day title? Are you going to tell me something about, you know, father something? Do I need to preach? Don't I need to preach about a father? And I'm waiting all week long for the word, ignoring this saying, well, that's just probably something for another time. But no other word came, Brother Clark. And so here is the word of the Lord for today. Rejected of men, but chosen of God. Now, I'm sure it's going to relate to the fathers, but this is going to relate to everybody that's here today. And so... God wanted us to get something right today. God wanted us to understand something today. The living stone, which Peter was referring to, everybody knows, is Jesus Christ. And so when the scripture says that the, 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 the stone that the builders rejected has become the corner, the chief cornerstone, it's talking about the almighty God whose name is 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 
I want everybody to know that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. There is no such thing as three co-equal gods. You will never find in the Bible where it talks about three co-equal gods. It's only one God and his name is Jesus. You may get confused sometimes when you read to say why it's saying he's a son. Why it says that he prays. But when you get into the word of God, and the Spirit of God begins to guide you and to lead you, you will know that there's only one God and His name is Jesus. He did things in the Old Testament as the invisible God. You couldn't see Him, but He did it. But when the fullness of time had come, the Bible says God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Well, the Almighty God is so almighty and so powerful that when He is ready, He can become a visible human being, just like us, walking and living just like us. My God is awesome. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the only Savior. In Isaiah 43, God says, God, because you didn't read Jesus, his name in the Old Testament. So in Isaiah 43, Jesus says, I am the only Savior. God says, I'm the only Savior in Isaiah. Then in Matthew chapter 1, it says, a Savior, which is Jesus Christ. If the Bible is real, then the Savior which was in Isaiah is the same Savior that is in Matthew. There's only one Savior, and His name is Jesus. God didn't send forth His Son. God came Himself as a Son. He did not send some son that was sitting in heaven to come and help us, to come and die for us. No, God became a son and came and gave his life. There's no two God. There's no three gods. It's only one God and he does things all by himself. He is amazing. He is unstoppable. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be contained. He is almighty God. He is the only one. He says, I will share my glory with no one. I'm a jealous God. So he don't have no son. He don't have no, no, no Holy Spirit and God and all these three things going on separately. It's only him. He manifests himself how he pleases. That's the kind of God that I serve. He is the only Savior. The Bible here says in First. Peter that we just read in verse 5 it says ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house I like that word spiritual house how can a house be spiritual well there's only one spiritual house and that is the church of the living God. You are in the spiritual house. The church is the spiritual house. 
and the chief cornerstone of that spiritual house. His name is Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone for that spiritual house. And we are the other lively stones. That's why I had you said lively stones. I wanted you to see that, 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 that what God is trying to show us. He will show you things and for you to understand in the natural and then bring you into the spiritual understanding of it. And for us, we can understand natural things better than we can spiritual. And so what God does is first teach you things naturally. Once you grasp the natural things, then he will lead you to understand spiritual things. And so he says that the house, the house is spiritual. When we think house, we think a building, a construction. And so he wanted us to think like that. And so here we are. He's saying uh, the spiritual building, the spiritual house. Uh, he is the chief corner. But there's other lively stones that help to build this house. And so the house uh, is the church of the living God where he is the head and we are a part uh, of the whole construction. Rejected of men, chosen by God. Jesus is the chief cornerstone in the building. Make no mistake about it. We are not the chief cornerstone, but we make up the building. You see, you see what the Bible says that when we become born again, we become a part of the church, right? And so we, we look at that as spiritual and it is spiritual, but God still is trying to teach us something, so he used natural demonstration. So when you get born again, you now become a part of the church, and so you become a lively stone. You are a part of the building now. You're a part of that spiritual building when you become a part of the church. If you're here today and you have not been born again of the water and of the spirit if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ then you want to do so so you can become a part of the spiritual building so you can become a lively stone and that you will be a part of what God is doing Ephesians chapter 2 verse 21 says we are fitly framed together with him You see how he's making these examples for us to understand that the house, yes, think from a natural, but also think spiritual. And he's trying to let us know he is the chief cornerstone, but we are the other lively stones that will complete the building. And as we get together with him, we're all fitly joined together. That's what we got to understand in the church. We are supposed to be fitly joined together. All of us have talents that God has given us. All of us are here for a purpose and God has something special for you to do. He has given you abilities to do something because we all should complement each other. This is about God and his kingdom. It's not about man oh, doing their own thing and man having their knowledge of what they think should be done. Man could never be intelligent enough to help the kingdom of God. It's only by the word of God and the spirit of God can the kingdom of God be advanced. We can't advance God's kingdom in our flesh, in our natural ways, but it's by his spirit can we do anything. We need to realize that God has chosen us, equipped us with abilities and talents, 
and he didn't bring us together for us to just come to a building. You are the building. Oh, God. You, you, you're, not just, you're not just in the building. God didn't make you to be uh, an occupier of the building. God says, no, 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 no. I want you to be a part of the building. And so when we come to church, we are supposed to be in unity and fitly join with Jesus Christ, helping what the cause is. We are the building. You know what I love about the Lord? One of the things I love about the Lord, here's something real powerful about God. We miss it a lot of times. Here's what we miss a lot of times. We read the word of God. And for some of the hard things that we read, we said, man, I don't know about that. And for some of us, we try to explain it away because we don't want to do it. We try to get our own revelation of it because we're saying, "Mm -mm, that don't sound right. Because it's not something that we're comfortable with. It's not something we want to do. But what I love about God is whatsoever he asks you to do, he's already done it or he's doing it. Oh, somebody better help me here today. God never asked you to do something and said, well, you know, just go ahead and do that. He's not a boss. God is is not a boss. He don't boss you around and says, well, go do that and go do that. Whatever God is asking you to do, God already did or God is doing. And so I want to tell you today that you don't have to be grievous in obeying God's commandments because what God wants you to know is, uh, I don't ask you to do anything that I haven't already done. Uh, I don't ask you to do anything that I am not doing. Uh, I am your God. Uh, I am the example. I am your leader. Uh, I won't ask you to do things uh, that's not good for you. Uh, I won't ask you to do things uh, that I haven't already done. Uh, I am your God, and if I ask you to do it, uh, will you trust me? Uh, I'm not trying to use you. I'm not trying to get you to to do my bidding and you get nothing out of the deal. I just want you to trust me. God is looking for people that will trust him. And he says, haven't I shown a great track record? I've given you a great track record. Bible says that that God so loved the world. What is saying here and letting us know uh, that God loved us. Uh, so when he's asking us to love him, guess what? He already first loved us. Look at how we do things. We start dating. If we don't see some kind of movement like the other person like us, what are we doing? I'm not interested if you're not interested. So show me a little something, and then I'll get interested. So I'm interested, you interested. And so that's where we start going. God got us beat by a mile all the time. He says, I don't care if you're interested or not. I'm going to show you love. The Bible says God died for us while we were yet sinners, when we were yet disobedient, when we weren't walking with him, when we weren't obeying him. He didn't care. He said, nevertheless, I'm going to die for you and show you love even if you weren't showing me none. That's what he did. Let me say this real quick. Got to clear this up because everybody want to know, well, well, how did God die for me? Let me tell you how it worked. 
God died for you because the way how you have lived your life, because God had set the rules. This is important. You've heard me say this, but it's important that I got to say it again, and I'll probably say it some more times. God was the God is the creator of all things. As you know, if you doing the creating, you setting the rules. Mercedes set the rules for how Mercedes cars should operate. A parent that have children set the rules for how the children are supposed to operate. Well, God, as the Almighty, the creator of everything, he set the rules for what things ought to be. What he said was, I created you, you need to obey me, and if you don't obey me, you are going to die. That's it. Obey me or you die. And then the first person, Adam, disobeyed. Isn't he like a wonderful parent? Why didn't he just let Adam just be done, die, go to hell? According to the rules, Adam was supposed to go to hell. It's quiet in here now. Because he set the rules. According to the rules, when Adam sinned by taking the fruit from Eve, he was supposed to die at that time and go to hell. But the loving father said, hmm, I told them if they sinned, they're going to die. And they need to just die right now and go to hell. But you know what? I created them. They're my children. I'm responsible for them. How in the world I'm going to send my child or my children to hell? That ain't, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father. I'm supposed to keep my, so I got to make a way that they will not die and go to hell. And so that's when he decided he would come into this world as a man, because why? It was a man that messed up, so it can only be a man that can correct the mess. So he had to become a real man and not just be God only, because if he was just God only and not a real man, he will not, he would have not been qualified to die and be able to save us. So when God became a man who we know as Jesus Christ, he had to be fully man and fully God. So he operated at times as man and operated at times as God. He had to have flesh and blood and all the stuff that it takes for him to die for us. And so he died instead of you dying. You weren't supposed to be sitting here today. You weren't supposed to be living today. You weren't supposed to be in church today because because you messed up. You sinned against God. You were supposed to die and go to hell and be in burning where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But God said, I love you. And God says, I will make a way for you to not go to hell. That's what the death of Jesus means when people want to know, what you mean God died for me? Well, there you go. He died for you. Because if not, you would have been in hell right now. That's what it means. My concern is, and God's concern is, a lover don't force you to do what they want you to do. A lover romance you into what they want you to do. And so God has been trying since eon to try to get us to respond to him nicely obey him do what we need to do in order for us to be saved unfortunately some people decide still i ain't with that 
And because God is so patient, because really, who wants to send any of their child? Which one of us in here in our right mind will send our child to hell? None of us. No matter what that child did, that's yours. You're not sending them to hell. Well, your heavenly father don't want to send you to hell either. And so because he's slow and long-suffering towards you, you think you can keep on doing whatever you're doing. All the wrong, just, 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 just doing whatever you want and not obeying God. Living the way you want and not obeying God. We think that we're getting away with it. When all it comes down to God is long-suffering, he loves you so much that he's saying, my child, I'm trying to get every opportunity to you so you would one day open your eyes and say, okay, okay, and come on board and start obeying me. And we look at that as we can just keep on living. I got one more day. Every day we get up, we get one more day. When is that going to run out? When is it going to run out that, you know what, this might be the last day that he's given me the opportunity to live the way I want to live. Remember, when he died for you, he now owns you, whether you want to like it or not. If you know anything about slavery or you know anything uh, about slavery, yeah, that, that, that once that slave master purchased you, you, you his. And there's nothing you can do about it because you didn't have what it took to free yourself. Only God had what it took to get you free from going to hell. And what he used to free you up from going to hell was his blood. You tell me where you're going to find the blood of Jesus anyplace else. There's no other blood like his. Because he was the only one that walked this earth and never did one wrong thing. That's why he was qualified to help us get free from sin because he never sinned. I couldn't help you. The greatest preacher you know couldn't help you because that preacher sinned. I sinned. You sinned. Nobody was qualified to get rid of sin but one. His name is Jesus. So I love that whatever God asks us to do, he already did or he is doing. He is not unreasonable. God is not unreasonable. Sometimes we read it and, 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 and God will say stuff like, forsake your father, forsake your mother, forsake everybody and follow me. What he's saying is, make me before all of them. That's all he's saying. Isn't that right that we put God before everybody else? That's all he's saying. But we read that and we say, I don't know about that, God. But God is so good that whatever he asks us, he already did or he is doing. When he asks us to obey, here is something that you, you probably didn't understand. When God asks us to obey, he obeyed. When you read the scripture and it talks about when Jesus would say, my father. One of the reasons why he had to do it that way is to show submission and to show you an example of a relationship between a God and a son, a higher power, and someone that's not. So when you read him saying he obeyed his father, he obeyed himself is really what it come down to be. But when he obeyed the father, he was operating as a human being, right? He was operating as a man and obeying God. And so because he obeyed, we got to obey. Everybody know when it was time for, to go to the cross, didn't he want to disobey? If you read your Bible, you know, when it was time to go to the cross, he was like, you know what? I'm changing my mind on this. 
This, this, this is not what I thought it was going to be. That's the man that was talking. This is not what I thought it was going to be. This is too much. It's got to be another way to save those people because this is too much. I can feel all their sin and all their wrong. Everything that they've ever done, it's too much. I can't go to the cross. That's what he was saying. But then he says, I know why I came. I understand that I'm under authority. So you know what? Not what I'm feeling right now. Not what I want right now. But whatever you want. He was obedient. God doesn't ask you to do anything he has not already done or is doing. That should make it very simple to obey him. Look at what, this is powerful scripture here. Look at what Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5 says. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm. That's what we need. We need to get the mind of Christ in us so we can live like Christ lived. Verse 6 says, Who, being in the form of God, hmm, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So the Bible is saying Jesus Christ and God was equal. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God. That's why they're equal. Me and my sons are not equal. I'm not their equal. So, so, so no matter what, I can't be, they can't be equal to me. They are their own person. I'm my own person. We're not equal. And so it's saying here that God, Jesus Christ, was equal to God. Because it was, he is, was God. But made himself, look at how the Lord did. He came down out of heaven and became a man. And look at verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. What is it? Why don't we obey God? He came here and he was the creator of the world. He created man, blew into man's nostril. They started living and breathing and doing things. He created the skies, the heavens, the seas, everything. And then he said, let me go be a servant. Who in the world, you know, do that? This is why the Jews had a problem with him and rejected him. Because who in their right mind have all that power and then just become a regular servant? Let me serve you. Let me do this for you. Let me wash your feet. He came and washed feet. The one that created all this stuff came and washed feet. Then they told him, you need to pay your taxes or pay your dues to the church. He said, okay. Peter, go get that thing out of that fish mouth and pay it up. We got to pay. Give what's due to Caesar what's due to Caesar. So he came as a servant. He served and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. You don't want to humble yourself to nothing. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What God asks us to do, he's already done or is doing. What's so hard about just obeying him? Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him 
and given him a name which is above every name. You know what I got to tell you this morning? We want to be exalted. We want to be found to say, look at him and look at her. They're doing well and this is great and this is great and that's great. And we want to be recognized. But the only way we're going to be recognized, Brother Clark, is by becoming a servant. The only way we're going to become recognized is by humbling ourselves. The only way we're going to become recognized is to just die to ourselves and to let God be God in our life. He will exalt you in due season. He will do mighty things in your life. He will take you where you would never imagine. But before you get there, you got to humble yourself. you got to become a servant. He did it. That stuff sounds like bad stuff to us. Servant? Humble myself? Oh, no. But now you're challenged because I'm telling you, that's what God did. That's what he did. He humbled himself. You can't be exalted until you humble yourself. For every man of God and every woman of God that you see, God doing something great in their life, they were a servant, they were humble. Now, I don't know what they are now after they got exalted by God. Now, we get twisted sometimes. You know, we, we, we get to be a servant and, and, and we humbled ourselves and God exalted us because God got to keep his word. Don't think he didn't know that, that, that you was going to be humble and you was going to serve. And then when he exalted you, you was going to get crazy and crooked. He knew that. But he got to keep his word because he said, if you humble yourself, if you become a servant, then God will exalt you. And gave my name. When God exalts you, you will become recognizable. Your name will become recognizable. And guess what? You won't be puffed up and prideful because you'll know how you got there. That's what humility is, in case you didn't know. Humility is knowing that it's not because of you why you are who you are. It's because of who Jesus is. Because I humbled myself to him, he did this. And so what I am and what you see in me have nothing to do with me because I'm not good enough. But what he did through me is what will give me a good name. He will give me the name. He will be the one to do it. And he do that for all of us that will humble ourselves, be a servant. And he says here in verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. If we will just obey God. He's not asking you to do anything. That he has not already done or is doing. What about the scripture that talked about the three Hebrew boys when they wouldn't bow down to the, to the king of that time? They wouldn't bow down to him. And they knew that if they didn't bow, the king was going to throw them in that fiery furnace. And they said, guess what? If that's what it is, then that's what it is. And they threw them in the fiery sur- furnace. And guess what happened? God went in there with them. He was in the fire with them. People, are we going to ever get to the place to realize God is not being unreasonable? He's not being unrealistic. He is not asking us to do something that is just beyond him, beneath him, or just trying to use us. He is trying to get us to be like, oh, 
Oh, God. He wants to get us like him. Jesus is trying to get us to be like him, Josiah. That's what this is about. He has done it. Listen, I can't take you to no place I haven't been. I can't help you with nothing that I haven't experienced. And it's the same thing with God. If we're going to be like him, he has already done some things that we need to mimic. We need to follow. When we do what he has done, then we will become like him. It's coming the day where we will one day inherit the eternal life that he promised us. But we have to do what he did to become like him. He wants us to become like him. That's why he's asking us these things. Come on, Holy Ghost. Everything that he asks you to do, Brother Barry, has nothing to do with anything other than, oh, God, here's the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Listen. (laughs) Oh, God. From the very beginning, that's all God wanted for us to be like him. And when we, when we sinned, we, we, we couldn't be like him anymore because we, we had a sinful nature then when Adam sinned. And all he's trying to do is to get us back on track to be like him. He wants us to be like him. Guess what? And if you can't be like him, we can't go to heaven. Because only those that are like him could be with him. So we got to be like him. And all this is, is him trying to get us to do the things that will cultivate us, that will shape us. That's why the Bible says he is the potter and we are the clay. He is trying to command and demand and ask us to do these things so we can become like him. He's still shaping us and molding us. Maybe we don't feel his hand upon us, but when we do what he asks us to do, it is helping us to become who we are supposed to be, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. He was despised and rejected of men, but chosen of God and precious. The almighty God that we know now, when he came, he was rejected of the people, the very people that he created, the very world that he put together, rejected him. He was rejected by his own people. The Jews rejected him, which was his people. And then also the Gentiles rejected him. He offered to save us. And we rejected him and went a step further and crucified him. He came to say, here I am. I'll be a father to you. Here I am. I'll save you. Here I am. I'm here for you. And then we went crazy. We said, kill him. What they say, Ethan, crucify him. (laughs) That's what we said. And all he was trying to do was to help us. Hmm. Rejected by men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like Jesus Christ. Was rejected by men. You too. Will be rejected. By men. Here's the core of the matter. Of which I'm getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to just finish up right here. Because. We're supposed to be. Like him Miss Dorothy. 
we're, we're trying to be like him. If you willingly and put the effort to be like Jesus, then if he was rejected by men trying to do good and trying to help them, what do you think is going to be happening to you? You're going to be rejected. And that's why he wanted me to stop by here this morning and tell you, rejected by men, rejected by people, rejected by society. Oh, but chosen of God. You see, he was rejected because of who he was. And me and you are going to be rejected if we become like him. We got to stop worrying about what people think about us. We got to stop worrying about what we need to be like. A lot of us have not been and have not walked into our purpose in God, has not lived for God the way we need to because we want to worry about what people think about us. We worrying about what people say about us. We worrying about fit into this world, but we don't fit into this world, Barry. The scripture says that we are fitly joined together in the spiritual building with him. Your place is not in this world. Your place is not out there. Your place is not in society. Your place is not approval of people, but your place is in the church. Your place is being a part of that spiritual building. Your place is one day being like Jesus. Don't worry about the critics. Don't worry about fitting in. Don't worry about who people say you are. Don't worry about what they think about you. Just be like Jesus. And when they reject you, it's alright to say they rejected Jesus. Who am I? They rejected me too. Rejected by men, but chosen of God. I don't need to feel like I'm fitting in with everybody. I've learned that before. If you fitting in with people, then guess what? You're not being a good job. You're not doing a good job living for Jesus. You're not doing a good job being like Jesus. You can't fit in with this world and still be like Jesus. Jesus says no man can live for two masters. Either he will Go to the one and leave the other. But you can't serve God and anybody else. You can only serve God all by himself. We can't get approval from the world. We don't need the approval of the world. We can only please God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, help us. Ah, ya koto shekiribaha. Oh, shorobo shando koshihe. Ah, ya kalamo sando robo se. Ia tadoro shekiribahando. Jesus, help us today. We gotta just just embrace being rejected. Oh God, you need to become defiant in the way you present yourself to this world. You need to get beyond yourself. We want to fit in all the time in this world. We want to look like the world so they can say that we're normal. Well, let me tell you, I'm normal according to the things of the kingdom of God, but I'm not normal according to the things of this world. And I don't care what I look 
look like. I don't care how I fit in. I'm not here to fit in. I'm here because I want eternal life. I may live till I'm 75. I may live till I'm 95. But eternity has no age. That's what I'm looking forward to is eternity. Not my temporary time in this world. Rejected by man. We keep on trying to let it work. We keep on trying to let people think that, oh, you know, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. But they look at our life and say, mm, because we was trying to fit in with them. Because we're trying to look like them. Because we're trying to let them feel like, oh, we're like them. But friends, let me tell you, we are not like this world. Once you've been born again, you've been born into the kingdom of God. God, uh, you are no longer a part of this world. Uh, don't go back from where God has taken you. Uh, don't go back and do the things that you used to do. Uh, just let God be God in your life. Uh, it's alright if you're rejected by people. It's alright if you're je- rejected by this world. Uh, you have been chosen by God. Don't try to fit in no more. Give your life to God. Give your life to Jesus Christ today. Surrender your life. Uh, Repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, Let God wash away all your sins. Uh, He will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking another tongue. uh, And He will help you to live a life that is righteous. uh, A life that is holy. A life that is set apart. Uh, Just trust God. He won't ask you to do anything that He has not already done or is doing. Uh, He will make a way for you. Uh, It doesn't matter what you think about all the things that are coming in on you from this world. God will make a way. I'm very comfortable with being rejected of men. And let me tell you, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. When it says rejected by men, yes, it's talking about everybody else. But understand, you are a man, mankind, not just male female everybody you war against yourself and so your your flesh who you are wants you to reject God so you can please yourself so when it's saying rejected of men it's not just talking about people I'm not just talking about people that you encounter every day that flesh that you live in that flesh that you bear around everywhere you go that same flesh there is also a challenge for you that same flesh there is trying to pull you in that same flesh there if you don't do what it wants will reject you your flesh will reject you and says get out of here You're not doing what I want you to do. You're not walking around in lust. You're not going around drinking like you need to drink. You're not going out there and doing like the world wants you to do. You're not living an unrighteous life. Get out of here. That's what your flesh will tell you because your flesh is part of the deal. John chapter 15. I'm done. John chapter 15 verse 18. Will you stand? Verse 18 says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. 
what am I trying to tell you? You, you, you hear me go with this theme. God doesn't ask you to do anything that he has not already done or is doing. He's not asking you to go through anything that he hasn't already gone through. The scripture says, if the world hates you, if you're rejected of the world, he says, know that it rejected me before it rejected you. If we're going to be like him, expect rejection from the world. You're going to love them because God loved the world even though they didn't all love him back. God loved the world. And so even though they didn't all share or show that love back to him, he loved them anyway. And so we can't allow ourselves to get disgusted with the world, to get agitated where we don't show them love. God loved them even when they didn't love back. And if we're going to be like him, we have to love people even when they don't love us back. Which means when they reject us, we still got to show them love. The world hated you before it hated, the world hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, listen to this in 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world, come on, can you get any cleaner, clearer than that? You see that? So it shows you that we can't try to please the people of the world. It won't work. Jesus was chosen to be the savior of the world and the founder of the church and the foundation of which it rests and there was no mistake but the world rejected him just like he was chosen of the father so were you chosen by Jesus Christ you were chosen to be one of the lively stones in the building one of the lively stones in the building. Whosoever God chooses, he takes care of. That's another reason why I don't worry about it. Not only that he, whatever he has done, he's not asking me to do anything he hasn't done or doing, but also too, he's going to take care of me. If you live for God long enough, you're going to look back and like, he really has taken care of me. Can't live for him for six months, a year, or a year and a half and, 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 and want to build up a resume like somebody that's been living for God for 10, 15 years. They're going to have more testimony to show the long trail of how good God has taken care of them. Amen? I mean, you can see God take care of you for two and three years, and that's great, and he will. But boy, when you get 15 strong and you still, Mama Allen... When, when, when we get to where you are and you say, he's still taking, Mama Allen always tell me, when she prayed, there's nothing she ever asked God. She just said this to me last week, and she always said, it. there's nothing she ever asked God that he hasn't done. She's been living for God a long, 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 long time. So think about that. If he's taking care of her or has taken care of her for that long, man, we have great hope. We have great hope on what he will do for us if we will just let him work in our life. 
You need to be encouraged today knowing that you are chosen of God. Who God chooses, he empowers. I love the scripture in John 1 and 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. When you allow God to work in your life and you trust him, he will empower you to do great things. First Peter 1, 2 and 9. <laughs> but ye are a chosen generation. When are you going to realize who you are? Touch your neighbor and says, do you know who you are? says yes tell the neighbor answer back yes I'm a chosen generation I'm a royal priesthood I am a holy nation and I love this one probably better than all of them I am a peculiar I'm not like this world I'm peculiar I'm different I'm a peculiar person that I may show forth the praises of him who had called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. We need to do a better job praising the Lord. We need to do a better job worshiping the Lord. You have been chosen and you have been made a royal priesthood. You have been made a peculiar people by God. Why wouldn't you just out of no prompting. I walk in these doors this morning and I just walked in. I think it's the prayers that we prayed last night. I just walked in and I just couldn't help myself but to just say, oh God, I thank you. Oh, hallelujah. I just walked in just hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I honor you because I just know that God is good. God is wonderful. God has made me a royal priesthood. God has made me a peculiar person. God has set me up for great success. And so I can't help myself but just to praise Him. I can't help it but just to give Him glory and honor. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I honor you. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. When the righteous run into it and they are saved. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the lily when I'm in the valley. He is the bright and the morning star. Yes, Lord, I will praise you in the morning time. I will praise you in the noon time. I will praise you in the evening time. I will praise you when I lay my head down. I will praise you when I wake up. You're so great, my God. You're so wonderful, my God. I will praise you. I will praise you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Well, 
Will somebody help me to praise Him today? Will somebody clap their hands unto the Lord today? Will somebody let out their voice? It's okay to lift your voice. It's okay to shout. It's okay to dance. It's okay to sing. It's okay to praise Him on the loud sounding cymbal. It's okay to praise Him on the organ. It's okay to praise Him with the trumpet. It's okay to praise Him with a dance. It's okay to praise Him. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. God has been good to me. God has been good to you. God has been good to us. Why don't you praise Him? Why don't you appreciate Him? Oh God, I praise you. Oh God, I worship you. Somebody should clap their hand. Somebody should shout it to God. Somebody. God has been good to you. God has kept you. God is a good God. commitment to God today. Uh, will you make a commitment to Him today uh, that you will praise Him all the day long? Uh, you will praise Him. Uh, you will praise Him. Uh, why don't you make a commitment today that you will give your life to God? Uh,